1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National average twelve month savings of seven hundred forty four dollars by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June two thousand and twenty two and May two thousand and twenty three. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: I can't tell you. That. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what his, you know, what his agenda is or when he's coming or not coming. But we're we're rolling right now. I haven't put much thought into that part of yeah, listen, you're never sure how it's going to work out. I mean, you're dealing with too many people and, and on this type of thing, so these things can go either direction. And, you know, again, I don't spend a lot of time on it. I've got I've got 90 guys or had 90 guys that in the offseason that we need to make sure we're going in the right direction. So, um, you know, and then now we're getting ready to play a game. So you're either here or not here. and That's how, that's how I go about it.
1: That's Andy Reid, head coach of the Chiefs from Sunday. And that's all you can do. It's no different than a guy being injured. You're either here or you're not here. The question initially came up from the perspective of if he shows up this week, can he play Thursday night? And Reid didn't slam the door on the possibility of Jones playing if they can get a deal done between now and Thursday. I doubt Jones is just going to cave and show up. It only happens if a deal gets done. And then the second part of that clip, was in reference to whether or not he envisioned it getting to this point in the offseason. And I think, just like with the 49ers, Chris, the root problem here is the team underestimated the resolve of the player. The team didn't realize he was willing to dig in and hold that position and not cave in, take whatever the best offer is, happily report and be there with his team. It's a lot of pressure on the player. To be there with the team as they celebrate their championship and try to pursue another one, first team in twenty years to potentially go back to back. They need him there. That's a strong magnet. And I think the Chiefs didn't realize he was going to resist it as strongly as he has.
3: No, I, I don't think so either. I think you're you're, you know, you're probably right where they probably thought they had a ballpark number that, okay, we get into this general vicinity. He'll, he'll take it and, and we'll make it all work. But Chris Jones is, he's playing a little bit of hardball, And, and again, I saw what you, you know, you wrote a little bit this weekend. Yeah. I mean, just from a base, a base value of if I'm Chris Jones or a guy like me and you, we follow football and we, you know, the ins and outs and we know a lot of people and all that, like. Of course, he wants more money than Quinnen Williams. Like Quinnen Williams was the the out of the new guys that averages the most, right? Twenty four million a year. Well, you you gotta it's got to be somewhere between Aaron Donald and Quinnen Williams, and 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 he deserves more than Quinnen Williams, right? I mean, just kind of what we just talked about a second ago. One, he's been better to this point. Two, he's a staple of your franchise. It's like the the three amigos are Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones of this little mini dynasty run we got with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think he's at a point of his career here too where, yeah, it's not over. I'm not saying he's got five years of being dominant left, but he's got two or three for sure, right? And uh, that's where I look at it and go, yeah, Kansas City – uh, it, it seems like it's on their end here to kind of up the ante a little bit and show him the respect he deserves here uh, as far as the contract status that, that's important in the NFL.
1: We've seen this coming from really the moment Deron Payne did his deal right. with the commanders because you got a cluster of guys, Payne, Jeffrey Simmons, Dexter Lawrence, Quentin Williams, right. Dexter Lawrence. They're all in that same range, and right. Quinnen Williams – his number was pumped up a little bit by some of the Fugazi tricks right. they do. A little bit, but not much, but not much. It's all in the range of 22.5 to 23.5. So you have all those guys there. And then you've got Aaron Donald at 31.67 million. Huge gap. So how does Chris Jones and, really, how did the Kansas City Chiefs work together with Jones to bridge that gap? Where does Jones want to be? And there's a belief out there. And I think somebody wrote this last week, that Jones is trying to beat Aaron Donald's 31.67, that Jones wants more than that. So, and this came up on Saturday, you know, the weekend's kind of slow and people are doing other things. Some people are at college football games, calling them, uh, you know, uh, with Mike Tirico, but the rest of us were working for a living. And I don't know how many people even saw this when we reported it. We've circled back to it a couple of times. It's as simple as this, and this is one of those where we need to focus on simplicity to truly understand what's going on. The Chiefs, I'm told, have offered Chris Jones three years, $74 million, not attached to his current deal. Rip up the last year at 19.5, replace it with three years, $74 million, 70 million in guarantees but not 70 million fully guaranteed guarantees mean some fully guaranteed some injury guarantee but 74 million 70 million in guarantees that's what the Chiefs have offered now that works out to about 20 let me let me just do the math to make sure I don't want to get this wrong uh, t- uh, 74 divided by 3 that's 24.66 infinity per year Aaron Donald's at thirty one point six six infinity per year. It's a seven million dollar gap. My understanding is. Chris Jones is willing to take the midpoint of Aaron Donald's thirty one six 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 infinity and the chief's offer of twenty four point six 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 infinity, which is just about twenty eight. Twenty eight gets it done. Three years, twenty eight. So twenty eight times three. That's eighty four dollars. $84 $84 million, not $84. So this deal would have been done a long time ago if it was only $84. $84 million is what he wants over three years. When you consider that the Rams are paying Aaron Donald 95 over 3 84 does not seem unreasonable. And anyone that would be trying to characterize Chris Jones as wanting more than Aaron Donald would be incorrect. Donald, three years, 95 Jones, three years, 84. Chiefs at three years, 74. So that's where we are. And that's the gap. And Chris Jones is fairly dug in. I don't know if there's any play in that 28 a year for three years, but again, it's not 31.667 and it's not more than that. And when you consider the cap keeps going up When you consider where Jones is right now, how dominant he's been, especially in key moments. They don't win Super Bowl 54 without him. They don't get to Super Bowl 57 without him. Yes, Patrick Mahomes had something to say about it as well. But it was Jones that freaked out Jimmy Garoppolo when the Chiefs were trying to come back in Super Bowl 54. And it was Jones that stepped up and single-handedly shut down Joe Burrow when it felt like the Bengals were going to drive down the field and win the game in Kansas City to go to Super Bowl 57. He's an indispensable piece of what they've done. And the question is, do they get it done before he starts missing games? And he's already said he's intent on not showing up until week eight, if that's what it takes.
3: Yeah, I hope it's not that long. I, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, this, this is, you know, l- like you talked about. It's a special football player on a special football team. And it's in a position where they're not necessarily all that deep. That's where I do think he has some, you know, bargaining leverage here. And I also, on top of it, listen, I know it's not my money, and I don't got to balance a salary cap, so it's a lot easier, you know, sitting here talking about it. But I... I uh, I don't – 27, 28 million a year, whatever that number is that bridges the gap there, like, I I, I look at that to be fair. I I really do. Like, that's what I expected kind of all along. I expected kind of a number in that range. So I don't think Chris Jones is being unreasonable with asking for that, especially over a two- or three-year period, like you said. The monumental moments, right? One of the leaders of the defense, if not the leader of the defense – plays a ton of snaps right that's the other thing too people sometimes use that against him a little bit like oh he takes a play off here or there and I want to go no he just gauges himself because out of the top d tackles in football Chris Jones he, he plays up there as far as the highest percentage of snaps I think out of any other d tackle in football he's phenomenal he gives you all he has so that's where, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit here on side Chris Jones on this contract situation for sure. And I don't think what he's asking for by everything you've said and written over this weekend, uh, I don't think it's that crazy and unreasonable, and especially coming off the year he just came off of where it was – awesome and like we said it was the first year in a long time where uh, a guy not named Aaron Donald was considered the best defensive tackle in football last year and that was Chris Jones and uh, that's where they got to reward him here
1: if I were Chris Jones this is the other thing that would irritate me and and look I understand where Chiefs fans are coming from on this they just want their players to be in yep, the fold. That's, that's right. how all fans react. And that's part of the problem. We talk about millionaires versus billionaires, and the fans line up behind the laundry because the fans just want the players there. And from the fans' perspective, it's all a matter of degree. They're all making a crapload of money. What's an extra million here or an extra million there when they're making that much, and they all have more than the rest of us will ever have? I get it. I understand it. It's your nature as a fan— to want every player there and to want every player to be happy with whatever he's getting, even if he's truly not happy about it and he thinks the broader business and his value to the team justifies more. So I understand where fans are coming from, and I understand why they're upset with Chris Jones. It's hard to get people to view it from the player's perspective, but if they were the ones in the middle of it or if it was a family member of theirs or a close friend or something like that, they probably would feel differently so. If I'm Chris Jones, here's something that upsets me, Chris. Last year, after being a pain in the ass for all of the 2021 season, quietly behind the scenes, didn't take it public, but he sure made it public after he got traded. Tyreek Hill was a pain in the ass for the Chiefs. I want the ball. I want the ball. I want the ball. He had career-high targets career-high catches, I want the ball, I want the ball. I think he saw what Cooper Cup was doing. He resented that. He thought he could have the historic numbers. He could challenge Calvin Johnson. What's he talking about now? 2,000 yards. He thought he could do that with the Chiefs. He was agitating for more. It was disrupting the offense. And then he wants, after the Devontae Adams contract with the Raiders, he wants this big contract. They just say, you know what? You know what? Let's just move on. And if I'm Chris Jones, I look at it and I say, this guy's being rewarded for being a pain in your yeah, ass. Right. Like what have I done to be right. a pain in your ass? Right. I show up, I kick ass. I take names. I help you win championships and you can't replace me. And he gets traded and he gets what he wants financially. And I'm stuck all because I've been a good soldier. I'd be pissed about that. Yeah. If I was Chris Jones. Yeah. And, and I can't help but wonder like if the chiefs had known it was going to come to this, do they trade him? before the draft and take Jalen Carter and just roll the dice and start over? It's still a hell of a risk. There's no guarantee Jalen Carter is going to become Chris Jones. But I just wonder if they had really known what this was going to come to. Do they come up with a different plan? It's harder to replace Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. Sorry, Tyreek, but it's true because Patrick Mahomes is the straw that stirs the drink of the passing game, not Tyreek Hill. On defense, you can't replace Chris Jones. There's nobody else there who steps in and does what he does.
3: Exactly right. Right. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, the Tyree kill absence, absence, you know, they can find other ways to make it work. Like you said, it's Mahomes. There's still other really good receivers. It's one of the best O-lines in football, like we saw. It's Andy Reid, and it was Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy and coming up with great game plans. So they knew they could figure that out a little bit. There's, there's no, like, there's no, you can't fool anything if you're not big enough in the middle and people are just running the ball up the middle between the tackles. Like, there's there's nothing you, 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 you can, okay, you can start loading the box and putting a bunch of people in there, but at some point it becomes so compromising to other things you do on defense. So that's where, yeah, he's got great value. And then, you know, you bring it up the right way where, uh, yeah. Would they have done something differently if they knew it was going to be? Um, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Of course, that's kind of uh, speculative. But at the same time, like uh, uh, speculative, that's the better close word. Enough. There he It's Close enough. Close but enough. I, I knew I didn't say it right. But yeah, that they had a problem there.
1: And, Standing the King's English, one it, word at a time. No
3: problem. Welcome, Sky. Hello. I'm Chris Sims, and I don't speak English <laughs> that well.
1: But but the other part of it is like, yeah, you look
3: at their roster, and we've talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks. Detroit, it's one of the best running teams in football. You look at Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball right now. You go, well, they only got, you know, really two Big 300-pound type defense alignment. They got three. They got Neil Farrell. I forgot who they traded for last week because they're concerned traded about this. The Raiders, Right. Yes. So yes. There's, there, that, that tells you right there. So they're going to have to come up with a different game plan altogether and depend on some guys that are a little bit unproven and not used to their system or whatever to try to win game one. And it's not going to be easy, and it's going to make them change their game plan a little bit and have to probably play a little differently than they'd, they'd want to if Chris Jones was there.
1: When Peter King and I talked about this on Friday as it relates to the Chiefs-Lions game, his response was, well, you know what? You're going to have to outscore Mahomes with or without Chris Jones. You still have to outscore Mahomes. But you're touching on something that we always talk about. One of the best ways to defend Mahomes is to do what? Yeah. Keep, keep him, him on the On bench. the sideline. Right. Drinking Gatorade. Right. And if you can, control the line of scrimmage and just work your way down the field, take the full 40 seconds off the clock, give Patrick Mahomes fewer opportunities, make him a little more antsy, make him a little more willing to try to get the ball down the field instead of working the offense and taking what the defense is, giving him something he learned to do last year without Tyreek Hill. If he's feeling that anxiety and you give him fewer opportunities, maybe you don't need to outscore him. Maybe he's not going to score as many points as you thought because he's not going to have the ball as many times as he otherwise would have because the Lions have constructed potentially a game plan that takes full advantage of not having Chris Jones there. And they've got Jameer Gibbs, that who knows how they're going to use him. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, was talking about that over the weekend. They're going to use him in ways people don't expect. Of course, I don't know that I would say that out loud. I would just go ahead and do it. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe Jameer Gibbs is so good they can tell the word. We're going to use him in creative ways, and no one's going to be able to stop him. But the Lions could be able to slow the game down, reduce the opportunities, and it's just like with Nick Bosa. You yeah. take him out of the mix yeah when they've got, they've got the Lions. Oh, then the Jaguars in Jacksonville. That's not a pencil in w anymore You got to go to jacksonville and play a jaguars team that almost beat you in the divisional round and omahomes was hurt but still you don't have chris jones for that they got the jets looming week four sunday night football a loss here or a loss there they got the bears who run the ball
3: in week three and you know they got some you're you're saying it right they got some challenges in front of them where you'd like them to be at full
1: strength if he stays out until week eight And they lose a couple of games they otherwise would have won. Those losses are permanent. And those losses are the thing in this conference, in that division, you don't want to get losses you could have avoided early in the year. Now, I think the general sense is the Chiefs are good enough to win without Chris Jones. And maybe that's true in the regular season. And maybe that's why the Chiefs are being intransigent about this. Maybe the Chiefs look at it and say, he'll be back when it matters most. We'll dog paddle our way through the first seven games. He'll be back and he'll be playing and he'll be motivated and he'll be in shape when we need him because that's when he shows up the most, when we need him. The question is, can they hold it together long enough while he's gone so they don't lose so many games that they are scrambling down the stretch with a narrow margin for error trying to nail down the one seed? That's the key. If you blow the one seed, if you got to go on the road for the AFC Championship, They've been in five straight AFC championships, and they've played every one of them in Kansas City. If we have to go on the road for one of those games, that's a new dynamic that we have yet to deal with. Isn't that amazing? Five for five AFC championships with Patrick Mahomes as the starter, and they've hosted every single one of them.
3: Yeah, no, it it's mind blowing. I mean, it is. I mean, you know, we can rat, sit here for a half hour and rattle off stats the Kansas City Chiefs have done the last few years, and you just go, they're unreal. That's unbelievable. Holy crap! I mean, I can't believe it. Uh, I, yeah, they're amazing. Where it hurts, you know, is is kind of it's what you're saying. And two, listen, this was the number eleven defense in football last year, and they were the youngest defense in football. Right? That's where. You know, it's set up here for them to get better on that side of the ball and be dominant, right? And to your point, I'm glad you went there because I was going to kind of go there. Like, they'll be okay for a little while. I mean, but, like, like, yeah, against the cream of the crop, it's going to get scary. You know, now, like, Spags and this talk about Thursday and this game, I think we're at a point already here where – hey, they got their game plan in. If Chris Jones shows up or whatever, it's going to be on a pitch count, and we can't expect them to be dominant either way. But, like, we've seen Spags. He's creative as hell. We know that. I don't, you know, to your point, too, I think they're very aware of teams trying to keep Mahomes on the bench. He'll sell out and go, okay, either we're going to stop you or you're going to score. But either way, 15's going to be back on the field again here. The, I think they are aware of that dynamic to where at some point they just go, we're coming after you. And if you make a big play, fine, but you're getting off the field and we're getting on the field either way here. So they'll, they'll have the appropriate game plan. And when it, it goes to Thursday night too, the other thing I, I come to, Mike, the more I you know think about this game and break down this game, I know there's a disadvantage there, obviously, with the Lions being able to run the ball on the Chiefs and, and all of that. But the other thing I want to say is like a little bit of like what you said. You start to, like, talk about the Lions. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, I- I'm excited. He's going to be awesome, I know that. But he is a rookie. All right, it's Amon Ross, St. Brown. But, like, who else? And Amon Ross, St. Brown isn't exactly like your 80-yard touchdown guy where you have to be like, oh, we got to put two safeties over him. Oh, well, wow, we got to watch for that. No, he's a lot of 10 and 8 and 5 and 10 and 8 and 5. That's what he does. So, they're, they're, I-, I do think the matchup allows Kansas City to load the box and take some chances, because other than amon Ross, St. Brown, there's not a lot of people to be really scared of in the past game from Detroit. So that's why I'm interested in the X's and O's department of this game. It's going to be fun
1: to see kind of how it unfolds. And I'm sure Thursday we'll get into it in detail. Yeah. They don't have Jamison Williams for the first six weeks, David. Right. Jameson Williams, excuse me, for right. the first six weeks because of the gambling suspension. Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, Junior, they're the other starting receivers, along with Elmon Ross St. Brown. David Montgomery listed as the starting running back. He's the guy that they picked up from the Bears in the offseason. He and Jameer Gibbs, we'll see plenty from him. What can Jared Goff do? There was a pretty epic game between Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes back in 2018, if you recall, yep. when it was 54-51. But that was a long time ago. And this Lions team does, even without Williams on the field, they do have an offense that can work. Yeah. The question is, yep. what, what do you do? Do you strike fast? Do you strike slow? What do you do? I really do think that without Jones, and we'll talk about it more on Thursday, slow it down, keep Mahomes on the sideline. Now, here's a point. And th- this is... A fine point, but it's a way that, that folks are pushing back against the notion that Donald doesn't want to match, Not excuse me, that Chris Jones doesn't want to match or beat Aaron Donald. And this gets to the new money analysis. And I have hated for years the new money analysis. Agents love it. I hate it because it's not real. When someone has years left on their contract, and they sign a new contract. It gets characterized as an extension. Folks, there are no extensions in the classic sense. If I've got one year left on my contract with the Chiefs, and they sign me to a new five-year contract, it's not, well, you know what, we're going to finish this year, and then we start the extension. That's not what happens. The current deal gets ripped up, and the new deal starts today. It's a new five-year deal that replaces... The deal that you already had. There are no extensions. It never happens. And it's amazing how many Twitter experts are out there who insist otherwise. There are no extensions. You rip up whatever's left and you replace it with a new deal. But the agents, Chris, they love to look at what the guy was supposed to make and compare it to what he's going to make. They subtract what he was supposed to make from what he's going to make. And whatever's left over gets divided by the number of new years and it creates a new money average that is always better. It's always higher. It always looks more valuable than the total average of the deal. And I mention all that because what some are doing with what Chris Jones wants, three years, 84000000 million, they're taking it and they're doing a new money analysis. It's a three-year deal. They're taking the nineteen five that is already due to make, subtracting it from the eighty-four, and the end result is thirty-two point two five million per year in new money. Aha, he wants more than Aaron Donald. Aha, you're a liar, you're a phony, he wants more than Aaron Donald. That's what they're saying. But that overlooks one very important fact. Aaron Donald, three years ninety-five million. Aaron Donald had three years left. On his existing contract with the Rams. They ripped up the three existing years. Ripped it up and threw it away and gave him three years, 95. What does Chris Jones want? Rip up one year, not three, not two, one year. Rip it up and give me 84. That, folks, is as apples to apples as it can get. Three years, 95 for Donald. Three years, 84 for Jones. And it's borderline offensive that someone would actually take a tool that is used by agents to make players' deals look better than they are, and weaponize it to say, "Aha, aha! Look at what you're trying to do. You're trying to pull a fast one here. He really wants thirty-two point two five. No, he wants eighty-four over three. Donald's got ninety-five over three. He wants eighty-four over three. That's as apples to apples as it gets."
3: Yeah, it it, it is. Well, it, it's you know, I think you you hit on it earlier in the show. It's personal to some people. It's, you know, the fan base, they want it. And people start to go down wormholes where they're not necessarily educated on the topic all the way. And, yeah, there are, you know, certain people there that just, again, like we always talk about, they don't want the players to get paid for some reason. I don't understand it. Or they're always trying to call they them out. They want their players there. Right. They
1: want the players That's there. right. They want the – whatever you have is enough. How much is enough? Whatever you have, it's enough. Quit being greedy. We want you here. That's it. That's, that's as simple as it is. We're not siding with the billionaires. You all got more than we got. We just want everybody there. We want to be entertained by the best players. We want the interests of our team to be advanced by the best players. And if there's one of the best players not there, they get pissed at the player for not being there. Not pissed at the team for failing to make him an offer that would cause him to show up. They don't get pissed at the team They get pissed at the player. And what happens is, and it's almost like our political discourse where people just look for any shred that supports their view of the world and they sink their teeth into it, whatever it is, however wrong it might be logically, whatever flaws there may be, they sink their teeth into it because it supports their view that this guy's being greedy, this guy's being selfish, this guy doesn't care about the team, and he should get his ass in here.
3: Yeah, well, it's wrong. We know that and we'll continue to educate and support the players for what they you know, for what they they deserve. And and of course, hey, this is Chris Jones' last chance, right? And it's not about what he was supposed to make. It's about what he's worth in the currency of the NFL. And he's worth a lot more than the currency he's about to receive. So therefore, he wants to do what's right by him. And this last chance he has to make significant money as an NFL football player where his career's about to end and it'll probably end in the mid-30s. And this is the thing he was greatest at in life, and he's got to capitalize on it. And then he's going to live the rest of his life. And, again, that's where their people are insensitive. He can't do this when he's 64 and still do it. This The time is now, and that's what he's worth. Deal with it, people, and go Chris Jones.
1: <laughs> now, 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 here's where it gets a little delicate in the locker room. Because you've got a guy in Patrick Mahomes who, even though he was highest player on an APY, average per year basis, when he did his current deal, he's currently $7.5 behind the standard bearer, who for now is Justin Herbert. He's underpaid happily. Travis Kelsey underpaid happily, although he did kind of, in a recent article, muse about the fact that every once in a while you wonder, are you being taken advantage of? But hey, we're winning, so everything's fine. Here's both Mahomes and Kelsey with recent comments about the Jones situation. We're going to play them back-to-back, and then we're going to react to what they had to say on the other side.
3: Uh, at this point, you kind of just prepare to play the game with the guys that are in the building um, and let the the front office and stuff handle that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got a we got a tough test with the Detroit Lions, and we're going to try to focus on how we can uh, win with the guys that are here. I know how special it is here, um, and I know how special of uh, a thing we got going. Um, and so, uh, like, I, I never try to stay. I stay out of contract stuff, um, but I, I know uh, I'm unlucky to be in this place, and I want to go out there and win as many championships as I can.
2: Uh is there any updates on uh, Chris Jones? How he's handling this uh, situation? Do you want to talk about it? Oh man, Chris, can you please come back? You're really scaring me,
3: man. I don't, I don't get it. He, you must know something that I don't know because. I just don't get it. I really want to get another Super Bowl ring with you, brother. This is me bargaining you to just come back and play football for the Chiefs. <laughs>
2: we need you. Well, I just want you to be, bad. And yeah, I don't I know what he, the situation is. Obviously, i Well, the I'd situation is you guys all... aren't paying them enough, and I think you should hold on <laughs> as long as possible. <laughs> Especially past what do we play? Chiefs. You. I'm trying Chris, to get him back in the office. Chris, I need you. Listen, don't let them do this to you, Chris. <laughs> we You need to 10, hold strong, my upset. man, for all the other D-tackles <laughs> in the NFL. You cannot take this injustice. You must stay through at least the Eagles game. Then you can come back. Think uh, <laughs> yeah. that's The appropriate time. He's the best defensive
3: player in the league right
2: now. Good. And
0: good. He's deserving of all the money in the world. Chris, I love you. Please come back.
2: Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. ba da ba The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope... Of rewriting history his top. and the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. El Travador.
1: That's Travis and Jason. Kelsey, <laughs> L- look. I think Travis recognized after he said what he said initially that that's potentially problematic. you got to be careful with what you say about a guy who's holding out. And that wistful talk of winning championships, and I love it here and everything's great, and I just want to win more championships. Look, that's what the fans are thinking. Mahomes and Kelsey want Chris Jones there. But you got to be careful when it comes to getting between a man and his contract. And I— Again, I think Kelsey Travis tried to do the best he could to put the toothpaste back in the tube, but that open plea, again, the fans are looking for anything they can sink their teeth into. That open plea helps them, for themselves, paint Chris Jones as being the one who's unreasonable, the one who's being greedy. Kelsey was like, I don't know what's going on. He must know something I don't. Well, no. (laughs) He, 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 unlike you doesn't want to play for less than he's worth. He, unlike you, isn't going to be satisfied by simply pursuing championships. He, unlike you, Travis, isn't going to play deep into his 30s. That's what this is about. Mahomes is going to play deep into his 30s. Kelsey's going to play deep into his 30s. Chris Jones has limited opportunities. Chris Jones has value. He's trying to get full compensation for the value. But where it becomes a problem, you've got these guys, and this is what the Chiefs are trying to maintain, guys who are great at what they do, who are willingly taking less so they can win championships. That's how you rig the system in your favor. If you can capture that feeling, that vibe of your best players taking less, everybody takes less. It's easier to win and that's what the Chiefs are trying to do. Yeah. And if they can pull it off, great. But Chris Jones
3: is keeping them from pulling it off. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, hey, listen, all teams are trying to do that. You, you get it. Yeah, a few guys like that take a million, few million off here and there and all that. And it, it does trickle down to the rest of the locker room. And that could be your four or five, you know, quality football players on your football team that you didn't have because people made that sacrifice. But there's a fine line. And players don't want to go too far to where it's like, wait, wait. Yeah, okay, I'm giving back to the team, but I'm not even in the ballpark of what I deserve here. And that's where Chris Jones is trying to strike that balance there. And listen, the fact that he's not asking for Aaron Donald money or more than that, to me, he is striking that balance. I understand what the Chiefs are probably saying. You know, hey, these guys are young. Quentin Williams, Dexter Lawrence, they got this. They have years left in their career. That's probably their argument. Either way, Chris Jones is going to go, so what? They're young, whatever. I was better than them last year. I'm going to be better than them this year. I'm not falling off Earth right now, right? So we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see where this whole thing goes. But uh, I I hope they do figure out a way to get it done here sometime sooner rather than later. And like you're right, Travis Kelsey. I think he was making a plea. Of course, he wants him back. And then he realized, wait, I'm I'm kind of breaking the locker room code here by you know going in a little too hard on a guy's money situation. That's, that's something you got to be careful out in the locker room. And that's why he, then I think you're right at the end when, Hey, he's the best defensive player in football. We got to pay him whatever he wants. And, you know, he tried to do right by Chris Jones there.
1: <clears throat> I think about this. I know we need to take a break, but this is a consequence of this new age of player generated content. During their careers. Without this podcast, Travis Kelsey isn't in a position to try to do it in a very entertaining, engaging way. I'm trying to be funny. you know, And it was a good back and forth with him and his brother. But not that long ago, you don't have that playing out while the guy's on the team. And you've got, what, weekly locker room availability. Then you got something after the game. You're not trying to entertain anybody in that setting. You're just answering questions from reporters. It creates a situation where... You got to be very careful. If you're going to delve into player-generated content while your career is happening, you need to know where that third rail is and you need to stay away from it because if I'm Travis Kelsey, when Chris Jones walks walks into the locker room, I don't want him to be walking in with a plan of coming to find me because he's pissed off about the things I said because I'm not messing with Chris Jones. We had a draft not that long ago of quarterbacks that we don't want to piss off i don't want to piss off chris jones even if i'm travis kelsey or patrick mahomes i don't want chris jones mad at me no
3: i I mean of course not i mean chris jones is yeah he's uh there's only a few people in that locker room that'd be willing to stand up to chris jones and they would probably be another defensive tackle or an offensive tackle uh he's he's the man we know that And chris jones is one of those guys when you see him in person he is impressive Uh, you want to stay on his good side that's for sure
1: you disappoint me. You left one out. This is something we've been talking about all the time as we're trying to get running backs paid. Isaiah Pacheco would get in his face. He, 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 he can hang. That, that's, that's what's amazing
3: about yeah. running backs. That's back the to point. That guy, that's the hang. point. You're right. Exactly. I know. That's the point. Exactly right.
1: And, yeah, they're not getting paid either. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break. There's another contract dispute in Carolina. It isn't a holdout. It's a hold in, and there's no sign that it's going to be ending. Plus, we're going to take a look at how – the most wide-open division in football, the NFC South, will play out in 2023. We'll do that next here on PFT Live.
2: Brian Burns doesn't diminish at all you know I mean we understand there's a business side to this you know to this to this thing we do and uh I still respect and admire the way he's handled himself and um you know so I I have nothing but the highest regard for Brian Burns
1: Frank Reich new Panthers coach on Brian Burns edge rusher who is present but not practicing and This is a new twist to the whole hold-in. The old-school hold-in was pretend to have an injury to make your point about your contract. The new-school hold-in is everybody's on the same page. Everybody agrees. T.J. Watt was kind of the the first big guy to do this, where he showed up, didn't practice, got his contract, everything's fine. But it reaches a point, Chris, where it's time to go play. Yeah. Last year with the Bears and Roquin Smith, hey, you made your point. We haven't gotten a deal done it's time to go play. This year with Christian Wilkins in Miami, major point, held in, we didn't work it out, it's time to go play. Brian Burns, still not practicing, by all appearances, not getting ready to play. I doubt that he'll play on Sunday in the season opener. This is a new level to the hold-in where the team goes along with the player continuing to not practice and play. The The question I have When does this end? Because at some point, the team says, time to play. And if the player says no, then you have potential fines, suspensions for conduct detrimental to the team, if it ever comes to that, if they decide to take a hard line. So far, they haven't. And I'm surprised that they haven't kind of mutually reached an understanding it's time to go play.
3: Well, I I think it goes back to, like, something we've hit on two or three different times already in this show. And I don't think we even meant for it to go this way again, but I think it's just showing you, one... Players are not afraid to, you know, be Johnny businessman right now and do what they got to do to to get what they deserve. And they're not afraid to be a little unpopular with the fan base or whatever else to to get what they deserve. So, and I'm not going to fault them for that. You know, yes, it's time for him to be paid. He doesn't want to go out there and risk, you know, injury or something like that. Right? I mean, there's been horror stories. I'm one of those guys. I hey, I went now, I'm gonna go play for the team on the tender. Here I go. Oh crap, I got hurt. Life's never the same. I'll never see the money I was gonna get. That that happens a lot, right? And I think, you know, fans forget that sometimes. So that's why I certainly support Brian Burns here. He's he's one of the, the best defense ends in football. And the stats don't really tell the whole story there because it's not just all about sacks he has a lot of that f the play up stuff and disruption and in the backfield his worth is way more than just the sacks on the the stat sheet which he's also of course incredibly good at as well so yeah they got to bridge that gap in a big time way he's
1: severely underpaid and hopefully they can figure that out sometime soon i've been getting some feedback this morning during the show that requires me to make this point we've said it before yeah I think folks need to understand this because one of the frontline defenses by the folks who just want the players to show up, shut up and play is they need to honor their contract. You could say that about Chris Jones. You could say it about Nick Bosa. You could say it about Brian Burns. You have a contract. You're showing up and you're not working. The rest of us don't show up at our jobs and just sit there and not do anything because we don't think we're making enough money, especially not if we have a contract. If we don't have a contract, they're going to fire us. If we do have a contract, they're going to say you're not honoring the terms of your contract. Here's the difference, and this is an important point. There are two contracts. Contract between the player and the team. Contract between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. This is a different environment altogether. The contract between the league and the union gives the players rights to withhold services if they're willing to pay the fines and otherwise risk whatever punishment could be imposed upon them. So this isn't just a straight contract where – if you fail to honor it, we're going to take you to court. Your individual player contract is part of a broader environment where the players have rights and the players like Chris Jones and Nick Bosa have the right to not show up. Player like Brian Burns has the right to go on and say, I don't want to practice. And if the team isn't going to give them a hard time about it, they work it out. They can work it out among themselves. So this isn't the classic sense where someone is violating a contract. There are two contracts and the bigger Contract The more important contract, Chris, as you know, but everyone else I think needs to understand this. It's not the individual contract. It's the union contract.
3: Yeah, that that that's exactly right. You know, let alone Mike. I mean, come on. I mean, there, there was other people that were under contract with the team and the team cut them 10 days ago last week. They had a contract. How dare the team do that? Bailey Zappi. Damn, he got a contract with the Patriots. What? How dare they cut him? What the hell? I mean, really? It's 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 stupid talk sometimes there. It's 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 this is the NFL, it's the entertainment business, it's not the same as your business at home or whatever else. It's a different it's a different game. It is. It's a different game altogether and at least in this category, as far as contracts are concerned and all that. And you explained it right, Mike. I know. We just gotta keep think trying about, to educate think about this. people this way. This
1: is a great but you know what? I, I know we're, we, we need to get to how they're going to finish in the NFC South. A newsflash. They all stink. I, I'm being, I'm being <laughs> funny. Or at least trying to be. Anytime you try to be funny, you usually aren't. It just kind of happens. It either it happens or it doesn't. Anyway, think about this. Anyone out there watching, listening, first of all, thank you very much for doing so. We appreciate you very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. Second of all, if you show up for work today, let's say you're not under contract. You show up for work today. The boss comes in, and he says, you know what, Bill? And I just first name that I thought of. You know what, Bill? We really like the cut of your jib. We like the work that you do here. We'd like to keep you here for five years. We'd like to give you a contract. That's right. A contract for five years of employment with this here company. That's how much we like what we see from you and we believe in your potential. Five year contract. I'm going to give it to you. I want you to take it home and read it and come back tomorrow and let me know if you're willing to sign it. You take it home and you read it. And when you read it, you realize they can tear it up anytime they want. Wait, I'm required to give five years of services to them. I can't get out. But they can tear it up anytime they want. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Now, which of you out there, show of hands, please. Who, if your boss came to you today with a five year contract that you're bound to, but they can tear it up whenever they want, who of you would sign that contract? That's in every contract that an NFL player signs. Because they got no choice. When in Rome, That's how it works, and that's why you can't just play that you signed a contract card because the contracts and the system are rigged against the players. That's what we, Chris and I, and hopefully others who think like us, always try to fight back against. It is not as fair and even-handed as it would be in another setting. So that's that's what we need to think of when we think of player contracts. They're one-sided, and they can be ripped up at any time by one party to the deal, That's right. not the other party.
3: That's right. Well said, Mike. Well said. All right, so now who the hell right. finishing in fourth in the NFC South? Tell me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a four-way tie for fourth? Last year, it was a three-way tie for second, third, and fourth with the Buccaneers winning the division by one game. And we've talked in the past about the fact the Falcons ended up with a pretty good schedule because you know what? They finished fourth. Technically, and they get a couple of easier games. This is not easy. This is not easy. I'm just throwing a dart here. I hate to say it'll be the Falcons again. That's not very creative. Uh let's say the Bucs. Let's say the Bucs, even though they've got guys left from their Super Bowl championship team, and there they are with the lowest over under win total, the longest odds to win the division. I will say the Bucs. I said it before the graphic came up. Bucks, I think, even though they could still win the division, any of these teams could win the division. One of them is going to finish in fourth place. If I have to pick one today, I'll say the Buccaneers.
3: Yeah, I, I hear that. I, to me, it, 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 it it's the Bucs or the Panthers. That's the teams I look at to be towards the bottom. I'll go with the Panthers, right? You know, the Brian Burns situation. Hey, the offensive line still maybe not where it's at. You know, lack of big-time weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Rookie quarterback. I'm going to pick them to be fourth. But there's some things I like about them too. I mean, their D is real. We know that uh, it is, but it's not the same without Brian Burns. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I think if I look at it as Bucks Panthers, I'll go Panthers fourth, and I'll go Bucks third. That's kind of how I look at it. I, I worry about the Bucks, Mike. Just to piggyback off of what you said, that O line still, you know, the interior part certainly, right? And then Mike Evans, another year. You know, last year did not look the same as Mike Evans, still real good, but maybe superstar take over the game part of his career over. Defense, you know, Shaquille Barrett coming back from torn Achilles tendon, right? Tryon Cheyanka was he going to add something to the edge there? I don't know. There's just too many questions uh, for me there. New offensive coordinator, everything there. So that's why I'm going to go Panthers four, Bucks three,
0: Mike.
1: Yeah, Ryan Jensen gone for year, exactly. maybe gone for good with right. the knee injury that happened last year, that, they, that he That's didn't a have surgery, had some sort of convoluted, like, mad libs. When you look at all the different things he did for treatment, it's like words they pulled out of the air for this treatment that got him able to play in the postseason game against the Cowboys, but he's not there. Uh, he's on IR, and he's likely done with the Buccaneers. So a lot of questions – and just a sense of transition for the Buccaneers in the right. first year post Tom Brady. So I, I'm with you. Bucks fourth, Panthers three. You got Panthers four, Bucks three. And I think one of the concerns with the Panthers, whatever Bryce Young's ceiling is going to be, and it could end up being very high. I think of the three quarterbacks taken in the top four picks this year, he's the one that's going to have the toughest time this year getting toward that ceiling. Am I wrong to think that? I just feel like it's going to be more of a stark transition for him than it is for C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. I,
3: I feel like, yeah, their their team is not set up yet best to, to support him maybe in the game that he would be most comfortable playing, right? You know, Richardson, we know there's, you know, incredible talent. It's raw, whatever Stroud, you know, they're going to, they're running an offense and kind of way where it fits him. It's going to be, you know, in the pocket, good old line play, you know, play action pass over the middle, not great weapons there, but I think it's, it's in, in its early stages of fitting CJ Stroud the right way there. I just think there's, yeah, a little more meat left on the bone as far as Carolina and kind of fitting that offense to Bryce Young and that total vision there and how they're going to play, let alone Frank Reich, you know, is not one that's always played that style of offense either. Spread, shotgun, out quick, blah, 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 too. I think there's a little bit of a getting used to period by, by all sides here in Carolina.
1: All right, now it gets a little more difficult. Oh, yeah. Not that it's been easy so far. Second place, who do you have?
3: I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints right here. Uh, this is a, It was a tough call. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm picking Atlanta to win the division. I'm a believer in Atlanta. But I, I not to say, like, the Saints were one where I sat there and, you know, hemmed and hawed as I do. And it was like, oh, man, am I really going to do this, right? I mean, yeah, they got Derek Carr. The O-line's pretty good. You know, Michael Thomas being back in the fold like we've talked about with Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed and Jawan Johnson at tight end. You know, their D-line, how good is that? Are they a little too old? Demario Davis, Jordan, Cameron Jordan, where are they at in their careers? I mean, I know they're real good, but are they still like top-notch at their position type good? Same for Marshawn Lattimore there. So, yeah, I mean, the Saints, I think, are going to be highly competitive I'm just feeling the vibe a little bit more of the Falcons and what they did this offseason and where
1: they're headed right now more than the Saints. I think the big question mark for the Falcons is the quarterback position. Definitely. Do you put do you put any stock into the fact that Desmond Ritter is not a captain?
3: No, I don't. I, you know, not not. I I know we've got into this and and, and where everybody thinks the quarterback's always got to be the captain and all that. Hey, he's young football player who hasn't done anything yet. They got you know some other guys on their team that you know they probably feel are a little bit more advanced in the leadership department right now. He's probably not trying to be the most vocal leader in the world, as you know. You try to kind of earn your stripes a little bit there before you start speaking out and telling guys what to do and do all that. So no, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. I, I, I think that's okay.
1: The captains for this year offensively are Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom, both offensive yeah, linemen. Right. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. If your quarterback isn't naturally slipping into the leadership role, you need to support him. You need to boost him. And and again, far more important than the person who cast the ballots is the person who counts the votes. If Arthur Smith, the coach of the Falcons, wanted to make Desmond Ritter captain, he's going to do it. It's not like the locker room is going to compare notes about, hey, who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for? Right. This is rigged. Right. So... I just think that to the extent they were attracted to Ritter because of the intangibles, why haven't those intangibles manifested themselves in him earning a C on his jersey? That's where I'm a little concerned about it, and I just wonder where this is going. And with Derek Carr right through the door with the Saints, captain on the jersey, taking over, we know he can play well in the regular season. We know he can do enough to help that team win the division. What happens after that remains to be seen. I think the Saints win the division because of Derek Carr, they may not get deep into the playoffs. Because of Derek Carr, but I think they win the division because of Carr and the infrastructure they have in place. So for me, it's Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks. For you, it's Falcons, Saints, Bucks, Panthers. We've got the same tiers. We just flip the tiers around a little bit. We'll go ahead and take a break. More PFT Live right after this.
2: God give me a word long before this, but He's been holding it. Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endure it because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who wants this thing. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that gots to have it today. You, we ain't got tomorrow, we got now. Yeah. We ain't got next. We got now.
1: We,
2: got now. Yeah. we ain't coming no more. Uh, yeah. we-
1: <laughs> that's amazing I could watch that man a thousand times and i would still not be sick of it and he knew the way he set it up when he said we ain't coming he knew what was going to happen in that room he knew they were going to finish the thought for him because he had that little smile like i knew i knew
3: yeah <laughs> I knew. they know they know it's
1: amazing it's amazing and I had no doubt like I, I didn't care about point spread. I knew what Colorado was going to do with Deion Sanders. I don't know why it was a mystery. I don't know where I, And and I I've, I've never quite known what to make of Dion as a broadcaster. I mean, one of the all time great players and we've given homage to his idea for the upper room hall of fame, but Holy crap. What a coach. That's what you do. That's how you motivate. That's how you lead. That's how you inspire. And I'm not going to name names, but there's some videos floating around that, you know, one of the teams with a new coach put out on Friday and they seem to be proud of it with clips from talking to his players. And it's like, is this? Wait a minute. What is this? They meant to they meant to clip this and use it in the trailer. Like this is the best. This is the thing that's supposed to get us excited. And then you see that Dion thing, take him to the NFL right now. And, and I, oh, he doesn't want to go to the NFL bull crap. When they start throwing NFL money at him, (laughs) when they say, Dion, name your price, his reluctance to go is what creates an even greater desire to get him. He's brilliant in that respect. No, I'm not going to the NFL. Oh, we need to have you. What is it going to take? How many millions do we pay you per year to get you to come to the NFL? And I think that style works at the NFL level. I think that personality, if it works on me and I'm broken down 58 years old, it's going to work on guys in their 20s and 30s. Bring Dion. I'm sorry, Colorado, but you knew it was you knew it was going to be a short-term thing anyway. Bring
3: Dion to the NFL, Chris. No, I, listen, I think he's suited for the NFL. I, I was surprised he went to college here with Colorado. I thought he might throw his name into the, the NFL mix. He certainly can lead men. That's no doubt about it. Deion Sanders understands the game. Right? And he'll be able to delegate responsibilities. Hey, offensive coordinator, we got to do this. Hey, defensive coordinator, we got to do this. Man, Deion Sanders, is he, to me, is one of the greatest humans I've ever seen. Uh, that's just how I feel about him. You know I wore number two because of Deion Sanders, Derek Jeter. That's why I did it. Deion Sanders, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in the studio, Deion Sanders I thought was always awesome whether it was you know on CBS at one point or the NFL network with his highlight show he was the man there and then what he's doing right now and you know just basically changing the game by what he did where he came from and at, at Jackson State and now to go to Colorado I mean he's an incredible leader, an incredible molder of young men. I mean, he's got it all. I that, I mean, ha, that was amazing this weekend. I didn't even care that they won the football game. I was sitting there with Mike Tirico in the third quarter of that game at Michigan, and the game was close or whatever, and I went, well, that's a win already. The fact that they just kept it close, let alone pulled off the victory, and you don't think like – Man, you don't think kids around the country don't see Deion Sanders coaching that team and how cool he looks and how cool they look? And you don't think they're gonna those top players aren't gonna want to go there? Ooh, man! You, I mean, you're right. Hopefully, they can keep him long enough because he's gonna be a wanted man on 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 this trajectory.
1: And snap your fingers, and those kids are in the NFL. Yeah,
3: that's right. Right.
1: Right. And there's already going to be NFL players saying, man, I'd love to I'd love to be hearing from Deion Sanders before a game instead of this bozo that I'm hearing from all due respect to the bozos out there. But if the giant shoe fits, go ahead and wear it. One last thing. I know we have to take a break, but to those who say Deion Sanders doesn't want to coach in the NFL, please understand that like the rest of us, he's free to change his mind. November 1, 2003, the two-year anniversary of the launch of PFT. Deion Sanders was trying to become the Falcons head coach not long after playing, not long after he retired. He'd been working for CBS for a year or two. I can make them a better team, and I know that because I know the things that really need to be done there. I put so much time into preparing every week for my Sunday job at CBS, watching tape, talking to players and coaches. I still live football. It's still a big part of me. I talk to head coaches and assistants, guys with whom I'm close every week. I know what the job involves, and believe me, I know I can do it. I scoffed 20 years ago. I am not scoffing now. I am saying... Hey, NFL owner, you want to turn your team around? You want the extra ingredient to take your team over the top? He's hiding in plain sight in Boulder, Colorado. And the sooner you snatch him, the better your team is going to be. And he can say he doesn't want to do it. Offer him enough money, and he will. Quick break. More PFT Live right after this.
2: Mike, since she opened against the Chargers and. Since they put out a video in the off season and since I don't think you asked about it. you what was your reaction to that vaping video? i never Huh. Uh,
3: I, I I don't know what you speak of. You... Oh the schedule the schedule release? Um anyway, a lot of a lot of creative people doing creative things in in 2023, which is pretty creative.
1: <laughs> uh not exactly a denial from Mike McDaniel about hitting the vape pen. That's what he appeared to be doing. That was a sensation on social media during that playoff game. It looked like he was hitting a vape pen. It looked like it's there in his hand. I think he was asked about it previously by the guys at pardon my take, but uh, probably frowned upon according to NFL rules to have any sort of product like that on the sidelines. So I don't, I think he had a pen like this and he's
3: sitting there thinking about plays like, there's no way he would have got away with it, right? One, I mean, people on that sideline, there's people that were there on that sideline that are not on the team. They would have told people, you know, that that's that. So that would be my two cents. And, you know, whether he vapes or not, I just don't think he's stupid enough to do that on the sidelines during a playoff football game. I just can't imagine him doing that.
1: Here's the other side of it too. Not that I've ever vaped. But I've been around people who were vaping. Isn't there still a cloud of smoke? That well, comes yeah, out of a little bit. That's vaping. what I
3: was going to say. You don't see anything like that, right? There's no blowout yeah. phase of like, wait, I just sunk. So- I mean, you know, suck something in and you don't see anything come out. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that was fun for social media. It was awesome that the Chargers put that in the schedule release. But, yeah, I don't think it is what everybody thinks it is.
1: All right. Uh, so the big news yesterday from or the relevant news, more significant than the vaping allegedly. Mike White will be the backup to Tua Tagovailoa. Skylar Thompson will be number three. Get back to me if and when Tua is injured and misses games, and we'll see who they decide to make the the quarterback, you know, if it's a multi-week thing. But so far, Mike White over Skylar Thompson. In New England, not quite the same depth when it comes to the backup quarterback position behind Mac Jones. Bill Belichick said yesterday he doesn't know if Matt Corral, who they plucked off waivers and put on the active roster from the Panthers will be the number two quarterback, yet the options otherwise are Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham. I- isn't it We, I mean, how far has Bailey Zappi's star fallen that he's kicked off the roster, he's on the practice squad, and they get a guy who gets thrown out the door by the Panthers, and he may be better in the eyes of the coaching staff than Bailey Zappi, even though he just showed up, Chris. Uh,
3: that That, to me, is the shocker of it, Mike. It is. I mean, the New England Patriots – who, you know, usually have things very set in order and and are pretty good with their quarterback plans and really the planning of their team, that Bailey Zappi, the guy who played last year, the fan base kind of liked and wanted and rallied around him, he is, I mean, we said, and you heard me say, he didn't play good in the preseason by any stretch of the imagination, really in any category, but when it's this type of move, that makes me think like practice was like, oh, wow, that was pretty crap. He must have been crappy there too. Because like you said, a guy that's never even been a part of the offense is going to come in here in six, seven days and be the backup of the New England Patriots over a guy that was starting on their football team for a few weeks last year? That That's where it's crazy. It, it really is. And I mean, Corral has talent. We know that. I know Belichick tried to say he was a guy that – they see a future in or there's some talent there or whatever else. Uh, yes. I, uh, okay, cool. But that still doesn't change the fact that he's off the street, going to be your backup over a guy that's been there for a long time. That's crazy.
1: And Belichick also said that Mac Jones made a lot of improvements during the off season and training camp. So to the extent that anyone thought it might've been close and Belichick, even early in camp, wouldn't come out and make the clear declaration that it's Mac Jones job, the way he would have done any of the years of Tom Brady. He left it kind of open. Well, Jones is up and Zappi is down. I'm just surprised he's even on the team at all. That's what's weird to me. He fell that far, but they still want him on the practice squad. That is just bizarre, but they see that maybe there's something there. They can coax out of him if he can turn it around. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk about another team in the AFC we return that has much confidence in the abilities of its defense. We'll do that next here on PFT Live.
2: I think we could be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we could have an historical defense like the 85-86 Bears, like the LOB in 2013. I think we could be that dominant if we put all the things together and we just focus on the now and we're deliberate and everyone plays up to their potential. I think the sky's the limit for us.
1: DJ Reed sprouting legs out of where his arms should be. That guy's huge. They're all, I mean, look, a lot of these NFL players are big, but it just struck me that DJ Reed looks like he could back up that check that he wrote, and the Jets are taking New York by storm. There's a positive vibe. Tonight's the last episode of Hard Knocks. Don't forget to watch it, Christopher. I heard they're saving some good stuff I'll watching. the last watching. episode. Sources close to me tell me. I'll watch it at some point. Well, I'll be in Kansas City because – I can't get there tomorrow in time for the rehearsal. I got to leave today. We'll be doing it split screen tomorrow with me in Kansas City, not in West Virginia, but I'll watch Hard Knocks when I get to the hotel. But apparently it's supposed to be good tonight, the final episode. And then the first real episode six days from now, Bills at Jets. And we'll see what they can do. But, you know, we talk so much about the offense. It's easy to forget. Pretty good defense in New York. It, it,
3: it's the, the D is real. I mean, that, that's really the star of the show. I know Aaron Rodgers came to town and all that, but the, the D is what's going to allow Aaron Rodgers and the offense to have a little time here to gel and figure things out. And Rodgers will manage the game appropriately because he knows how good that D is. I mean, Mike, you, you know, we, we hit on it a little. It, it's why I, I picked the, the Jets to go to the playoffs in our little exercise last week. They don't have a starting D line. They got two starting D lines. I mean, they really do. And then the linebackers are awesome. The corners are awesome. Safety, we can question a little bit. Okay, there's some things there we need to see. But still, there's some talent overall. Uh, th- th- you know, I'm not saying Legion of Boom. Certainly not going to go there yet, or 85 Bears. But can this team be the number one defense in football? No question about that. They have that type of talent to do that.
1: It was a point that Aaron Rodgers made fairly early in training camp. He's never been in a situation where he's got a defensive head coach and a defense this potent. And this just kind of works out perfectly where the planets line up. Robert Sala running that defense, Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers running the offense, great balance, and that may be the difference for the Jets. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Yesterday, the Saints changed the designation of Taysom Hill from tight end to quarterback. I don't think that's an accident, Christopher. For the same day, the NFL sends out a Q&A on the new emergency third quarterback rule. Very simple. Taysom Hill will be QB2, and then Jameis Winston or Jake Hayner will be game day QB3. The extra man in uniform who can play only if Derek Carr and Hill are injured or otherwise not available due to ejection from the game.
3: Yeah, I, you know, it. it is. It's interesting. I, I mean, definitely wasn't like expecting to see that. Taysom Hill with the quarterback designation, right? You figured, man, Jameis Winston, Jake Hayner, they're good at that position. They'll just be status quo there here. But, yeah, I guess this gives them a little wiggle room to do some different things with their roster. And, of course, Taysom Hill contributes in a lot of different ways.
1: I think for the most part, that third quarterback rule isn't going to matter because both guys have to be unavailable before the third quarterback comes in, and only 13 teams have more than two quarterbacks on the roster for now. That's it for today. See you Wednesday.
0: See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. at participating McDonald's.